Take a seat at the table with us. My name is Maddie Warden. I'm Jaden Hewitt. I'm Deshaun Johnson. I'm Luke Joseph. Welcome back to the Sports Roundtable podcast. We've got a couple newbies with us here today. Uh, how you guys feeling coming onto the podcast for the first time? Pretty good, honestly. Feeling I'm good. Excited. All right. Well, let's jump right into it then. So we had some pretty uh, good games going on this past week. Um, do we want to start off with basketball recently? We can go with basketball. We can just yeah. we can get right into it. Might be a long conversation. Might be a long conversation. All right. Well, one of you guys wants to take it away. Go ahead. One of our newbies want to start. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, 59-56, Minnesota. Um, we kind of let that one slip at the end for sure. Um, you know, it looked like we were in command. I believe it was 45-36, to 36, you know, seven or eight minutes left. It looked like we could have put them in the hole. Um, we didn't. Um, you know, it came down to it. Turnovers started to clean up in the second half a little bit, um, but we started to get out-rebounded. And a glaring stat, we shot 41.2% from the free-throw line. Um, you just can't win games like that, especially down the stretch. If you're down um, one or two, um, coming to the you know end of the game, you cannot miss free throws. That's what we did. AJ Hogard missed a game time free throw, and then at the end of the day, that is really what cost us. What do you think, Luke? I'm or either I mean, of you. I'll just say the bench didn't really help out much either. Only eight total points from the bench. Um, only. Two players in double figures. That was Tyson Walker and Jay Nakins with 20 and 16. Um, Malik Hall was having an amazing run of just being that second option. Um, you know, in the last game against uh, Maryland, um, he, you know, he played amazing at uh, in the second half. He scored like 13, 14 points um, when Tyson wasn't getting it going in the second half. Malik really stepped up and looked like he was going to be kind of that reliable second option and then this game he only shoots shoots the ball four times you know he made it twice but you know one of six from the free throw line you know just can't be that second option and then just disappear um, right. absolutely Deshaun yeah me. I definitely kind of think that one of the things that's going on with the team that we've continuously seen this year is just the fact that they can't close games like I mean it's yeah. it's been a consistent thing we've seen it multiple times throughout the year and we talked about it a little bit before the show just the different rotations that we have throughout the games and how they're not really that efficient um <clears throat> one of the ones specifically that like i i think it's just kind of in the biggest buzz is obviously the cooper and Madi combination playing them for multiple minutes together at a time and it's one of our most inefficient lineups that we had Definitely. another one of the points you know we we could have done better as far as transfer quarter goes and getting a center but where we are now we're obviously going to have to find a better rotation a better obviously you can't go better roster at this point but Tom has to find a way to get the get the best out of the players that we have and some of these new faces um Booker we've we talked about that although that he's a little bit out of position and there's a lot to find out for him in these upcoming years I mean he's gonna have to get we know that experience is going to be the best thing for these players right I don't know what the end of the season is going to look like for this team I mean you know we obviously were top five rankings as far as preseason goes and now we're sitting at 500 in the conference so I mean there's a couple decisions that I think really had to be made as far as how we develop this team are we going to Thomas continue to talk about the veterans how they're going to be like one of the focal points of this team but I mean if we go and just look at some of the statistics from this game you mentioned AJ he only shoots the ball four times you got Tyson who's there for Malik shot oh no yeah I'm sorry Malik shoots the ball four times AJ he goes one for six and that has kind of been one of the more frustrating things of the season so far is to see that AJ just sometimes seems completely toned out in these second halves and yeah right Tom continuously says that you know we need more out of the veterans. So if if that's not if that's not shaping out the way it's supposed to be, do we start giving more time to these younger faces? What, where, where do we go next? Because I mean I think this season so far has been a disappointment, regardless of us having a couple better games in the last you know five ten, winning a couple in and out of conference games. But sitting at five hundred this far into the season, it's not going to cut it for us for sure. I Absolutely. agree. I was going to yes. say honestly, at this point in the season, what do you guys think about them making the tournament? I think, um, you know, we have a pretty favorable schedule coming up. I think we can make the tournament. Obviously, that favorable schedule started with Minnesota. Um, dropping lost. that game really, really hurts. You know, you go to the barn. Um, that's a tough game to play every year, yeah. all the time. doesn't matter how good Minnesota is. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to win those games when you're a better team. Um, you know, we came into the season that looked like we were going to be a better team than most of the teams in the Big Ten, and we're just really not. 
Um, and, you know, that comes – we need a little bit better production out of our, our bench guards too a little bit. Um, I think that comes into play when you, you said that AJ gets a little bit lackadaisical. Um, that happens, and then you need somebody like Trey Holloman to kind of step up. Yeah. Um, he played 22 minutes. He shot three times. And that's not on him. Um, you know, I don't like to harp on Izzo too much. You know, he's led us to great things in the absolutely, past. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. You can't really say too much about it, but you also – um, you know, basketball has come to a style of play now where you are living on the perimeter most of the time, and you got to let guys that can get points from the perimeter get points from the perimeter. Trey Holloman's one. Xavier Booker playing three minutes is, you know, um, I don't want to say unacceptable, but it's tough to see because Xavier Booker can score from the perimeter. Um, and, you know, I'd like to see a little bit of Xavier Booker and Jackson Kohler together. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's something I've really proposed to, you know, people talking about basketball this year. Um Kohler's great in the post. Kohler's got great footwork. You know, he may lack a little bit defensively. Booker as well, um, and we've seen that. But at the end of the day, um, we do we do play pretty well defensively on the perimeter with our guards. So at the end of the day, we got to put pressure on guys, and we got to be able to get scoring from two guys. Carson Cooper and Maddie Sissoko, love them to death, but they are not going to score very often. That's just not their game. Maddie Sissoko shot the ball one time. Carson Cooper shot the ball three times. That's just, you know, and most of these are dunks. At the same time, you know, you have to get right. points on the perimeter. So, Yeah, I would like to agree the fact that like that we have a favorable schedule and it's definitely more of a possibility for us to get into the tournament. But kind of to go off one of the things you said as far as, like, the way the basketball game or the game of basketball is now and living out on the perimeter, that's, that's kind of one of the differences I'm seeing from the way things panned out last year and, I mean, obviously the run that we had. Uh, but... Before the year, the Final Four talks, Elite Eight talks, whatever, you know, we were hoping that we were going to have a better run than we would last year. But the one thing that we're missing is, I think you guys remember last year during the during the tournament, I mean, there was multiple times where MSU would be down a couple points and we're, we're late in the second half, and either Joey or Jaden was there to make some of the most ridiculous Joey. shots. And, I mean, right. we do not we have, just don't that. have that. We just don't have that guy. Do not, absolutely Joey not. Hauser very we definitely missed. I think he was definitely uh, – the, arguably the biggest piece from our little run last year. Yeah. Like, he spaced the floor so well, and yeah. that's what uh, we desperately, desperately need right now. Definitely. Um, and that even with the schedule uh, coming up on Saturday, we play number 10, Illinois, at home, and then uh, at Penn State, mm-hmm. at Michigan, uh, at Purdue. I was going to say. At Indiana mm-hmm. is our last game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think – I think it's just getting to a point where it's like we just want to at least make the tournament because mm-hmm. right. I think Izzo obviously Mr. March um, you know he's had like amazing amazing runs um, in the tournament um, you know obviously hasn't won I mean he's won one championship but mm-hmm. it's like still those runs were amazing to watch right. so I think it's just getting to a point where just make the tournament. Yeah. Just make it. And that's a crazy dynamic to think about. I mean, you know, we uh, make a crazy run last year. This year it's predicted that we're going to go, you know. I mean, we have a top five roster. We mm-hmm. have all these faces. We should make a better run. And we're now hoping that they make the tournament. It's right. just a crazy dynamic to think about. Well, even Thomas was talking last week on the podcast that every single game that we play for the rest of the season we're favored in except for Purdue. And mm-hmm. that's because it's at Purdue. And Purdue is just insane. Yeah, I mean, the year. energy there is. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's um, they, when was the last time we won at Purdue? Oh, I don't remember if he said it's it, too. It's been a while. Long it's been a really ago. long time. Purdue's proven to be, I mean, not they're 21-2, and two, I believe. So, I mean, they're not beatable by any sorts. I mean, but they have had lapses where you have seen teams, that I think Northwestern took them to the wire the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be beat, um, maybe not at home, and maybe if we're not shooting the ball well. Right. Um, I I always go back to the Baylor game, and you know it's an anomaly on the year. You can't harp on anomalies because at the end of the day, consistency is going to prove who you really are. But right. a Baylor game, uh, we got out in transition a lot, shot a lot of threes, we got early offense. Um, I think that's something that I wish we would go back to more. I think when you see us play well offensively, we are early on offense and in transition shooting the ball. Um, we've seen that a lot from Aikens lately, uh, getting the ball in transition shooting it. Um, you know, Tyson likes to push the pace. AJ likes to push the pace. Um, but I think, you know, more of our guys just got to start hunting their shot when they can actually make shots. You know, Tyson Walker shooting 18 times, that's acceptable. 
Um, Jaden Aiken shooting 11 times, that's acceptable. A.J. Hogarth shooting six times is not acceptable. I yeah, mean, right. I mean, at the end of the day, he can score the ball, um, whether it's consistently or not. You can score the ball. And Malik Hall, four shots, that's rough. Yeah. Um, Malik Hall has you know always proved to be semi-inconsistent, but we love him for the fact that he can go off at any time. He can have a huge game at any time, and that usually comes when he's shooting the ball more. So I think we need to start looking into early offense a lot more, and that might help us a little bit. I think I don't want to go on too much of a tangent on this, but I kind of think that one of the things I feel like that we've struggled with, like consistently, is just an energy guy. Like I mean, like mm-hmm. Malik, AJ, yeah. Tyson—they're all great players in their own. But it seems like when they are in these stoops where they get down or they're irritated, or it's a bad game. I mean, you can f- visibly it's, tell, and you it can just see the look on yeah. their face. Yes, yeah. And yeah. I mean, like I, I'm not exactly sure that we had the energy guy last year, but we kind of had more consistent play and things mm-hmm. just went a lot better. We've obviously had a lot of ups and downs this year and it just seems like, and you know, you look for it in any of the veterans, whether it's going to be AJ, Malik, uh, I mean, any of them, I, you know, and even in Jaden, some of the times in the second half, it just seems like when their shots aren't falling, they're, I mean, they're done, like whether they're going to be on the court right. or not. So, yeah. like I said, I don't want to go too much of a tangent. There's not too much you can change about it now, but like mm-hmm. if they can just find someone, whether it's rotations, find someone to like take that role in the starting lineup, they got to have an energy guy, I think for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. And yeah. I I want to say, at the end of the day, I trust Tom Izzo to do the right thing. Yeah, Absolutely. we got pieces. Yeah. We definitely have Yeah, pieces. we have the right pieces, and I, we have Tom Izzo. Um, you know, we, we we've had a lot of people talk about him, you know, retiring and this and that. I think, you know, the game is maybe past his style of play by, but everybody can adapt. Yeah. Tom Izzo is not, he's not 90 years old. He can adapt to the game of basketball, and I think he knows yeah. that. Um, and I think we've seen that. I mean, we've done it before. Um, and we'll we'll do it again, but you know it seems one we don't have guys that are going to be able to close games. But we mm-hmm. also we I mean maybe the style of play is just a little bit too much to figure out right now mm-hmm. with the guys that we have. Um, and I know we have a pretty good recruiting class coming in next year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, good guards coming in, so I mean maybe that's going to help too. But um, yeah, like I said, we have Tom Izzo. So at the end of the day, if we can make the tournament, then. You know, chalk it up for a competitive game one, competitive game two if we make it. So yeah, that's the thing. Once we get in, I mean, it's it's, uh, it's anything goes at that point. Exactly. And record zero 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 when you yeah. make the tournament. Yep. So right. Um. So jumping across the street a little bit, we've got women's basketball also took on Minnesota this week, and Deshaun is covering the women's basketball game. If you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, that game was a really rejuvenating game for the women's basketball team. It's kind of been a little bit of a funny buildup. So I mean, you go back to Jan- uh, mid-January last uh, last month, January 20th, I think is the last when they played Minnesota the first time. Mm-hmm. And um, up at this point, I mean, I couldn't give you the exact number, but I'm sure that um, at this time, Michigan State was averaging just right around 90 points. I think like the exact number was like 89.3 yeah. or something like that. I mean, they were dominating on teams and granted there had only been so many Big Ten matchups at this point and they had, they did lose one of them Nebraska so right. I mean you're still kind of feeling out the Big Ten and it's completely different compared to almost any other women's basketball league that we have yeah, in collegiate absolutely. basketball so the first, they I mean they get held to 50 points and it was an absolute stunner it was a way so you know like I mean like as far you know we didn't really hear too much until everyone made it back and I think that one of the things that Freilich really talked about was just the team just didn't seem together like I mean like it, it uh, same things that's going on with the men's basketball team. A lot of new faces there. Obviously, yeah. Freelick is brand new. So I mean, mm-hmm. they had looked really good so far, but they were really battle tested against this Minnesota team, and it just didn't seem like they were all there together. You fast forward a little bit, you skip through these next four or the next three games they have after that, and it's three straight wins in a row. Chemistry's through the roof. It seems like I mean, everyone's flowing. I, I want to say four or five games straight, they had at least four to five different Spartans all scoring in double digits. Right. Mole has been absolutely on fire. Uh, Didi, I mean, she started the year crazy, and she's um, although the, the scoring has gone down a little bit, she's been facilitating all over right. the place. It seems like the veterans, it's a little bit different, and we talked about this earlier in the year, it's just how it's a little bit of the opposite of what's going on with the men's basketball team right now. The veterans are doing everything they can. They're really stepping up. And their up. roles, and then you got some of these younger faces like Abby Kimball coming in. She's had right. a huge transition from what she did last year. Julia, she stepped into playing center as a guard, and she's shutting down different multiple different centers that we have in the Big Ten. Right. It's been crazy. So they win three straight games. They come into this Minnesota game and it's definitely one of the most like pepper like preparation games as far as like everyone looking out for really seeing how this team's changed in right. the matter of a month. So I mean you have to give Minnesota a little bit of credit or at least a little bit of notice. They have they did lose one of their best players. Um I, I can't recall her name at this moment, but I know that I mean she was 
number she she is number four in Big Ten scoring right now, and she's missed the last three games with a foot injury. Mm-hmm. They haven't won since their last win was against huh. Michigan State, mm-hmm. um, and they have not won since. Wow. So uh, you you do got to take a little bit of notice there. But um, the final score in that game, let me pull it up really quickly. It was seventy six sixty five. It was. Uh, I can tell you that that game was a. Uh, it seemed a lot closer than it really was. And yeah. that's no disrespect to Minnesota. It's just MSU, they kind of did fall apart in the second half, but the first half they had, insane. The first 12 points, all three-pointers, I mean, they just bang, bang, bang. They're knocking them down. It it, it it was a complete change from what we've seen when they played at Minnesota the first time. So, right. I mean, just overall, Fraley talked about, about how rejuvenating it was. And I think the biggest storyline to kind of come out of it, like just moving away from the game, that was their 17th win of the season. They only won 16 games last year. They've got multiple graduate students on this team, and right now the focus is on not just getting into the tournament. It is like winning. Oh, we're talking about trying to win the Big Ten championship, or we're trying trying to get to the Final Four. Like, if you start to ask around in that locker room, they are really locked in as far as getting deep into the tournament. This yeah, year. I mean, and as they should be. I mean, they only lost to Iowa's number one in the Big Ten. Yep. They only lost because of Caitlin Clark's three. Yes, and that was a really close game. Like yep. that really shows the. What word am I looking for? Like, the strength of the team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they just to add on to that, the game they had against Ohio State, they only lost by five points. And if you look at um, top 25 in Big Ten comparisons, there's one, two, and three. Iowa, Ohio State, and Indiana are all top 25 at, uh, I believe it's two, five, and 14 right now. Michigan State is right there at number four, and they've been snubbed. You could say they've been snubbed. I Mm -hmm. mean, like, that's a whole different debate in itself, but... That is the only real losses. That, I mean, they, they had some early, like I said, some early stumbles in the beginning of the season, some right. low-scoring games, but since they've really gotten serious, Indiana, as they get ready to face another, like I said, a number-ranked 14, right. they only have two losses in Ohio State and Iowa. So, I mean, like, it, as far as, like, what you can take away from what they've been doing this year, it's outstanding, especially when you compare what happened last year of the last couple of years of not making right. the tournament. Robin Freilich's brand new here. You got... She's been great. Uh, she's been outstanding. And and just away like I said, one more away from the game. She's an awesome human being. Man. She she's seems so like perfect. it. She seems like it. Yeah. Um so they play they play Ohio State Sunday, correct? They play uh, yeah, so Indiana tomorrow and then Ohio State. So two top twenty five opponents this upcoming weekend. Uh, so, coming Thursday. So here's my question to you. Do you think they're both at Breslin? Uh, uh no, this first the tomorrow they'll be um in Indiana. They'll be away. And then they come back Sunday to play for okay. the Super Bowl. So my question is, is do you think if they win these next two games, they get into the rankings? So, I mean, I think that a win over either of these teams will, like, spot them a, a, a decent spot in the rankings right now. I mean, if you – because we kind of talked about this earlier as far as, like, the NCAA rankings, you know, it's not just – college rankings have a little bit of skill points when you start to look at them. And right. So if you can add in either one of these games right now with a confident win, I like – even a down-to-the-wire match, but you can see that MSU has played a really strong game, like how you've right. seen it against Iowa or how you've seen it against Ohio State, where they can keep up and keep it close. A, a, a win in either one of these matches, I think, could totally net them in the top 25. Mm-hmm. I think if a win in both, well, I mean, it, it, it'll really get some, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for here, some exposure going to what this right. team really has going on. Because, like like I said, Ohio State, Iowa, they're both top five and, and top 25, and Michigan State's been right there with them all the way up leading to this point. Right. And, uh, after after uh, Ohio State, we go on to play at Michigan and then at Purdue and then back home uh, against Rutgers in Illinois and then at Wisconsin. Um, it's definitely going to be uh, really fun to watch. Yeah, um, and absolutely. Uh, just uh, just like if we're, if we're breaking it down to the math, I want to say that they only need three more games to net a spot into the tournament. So you can you can almost book it with the way this team's been playing. So mm-hmm. they are really excited about being able to make it after what's been going on in the program. Mm-hmm. The they should be. Years. So here's a question off the top of my head. I don't know if you know this, but when was the last time that our women's basketball team beat Michigan at Chrysler? Do you know? No, I do not know the last time they beat them at Chrysler. I can say that um, at at least as far as season sweeps go with Michigan, Mm -hmm. none of our graduate students have swept um, besides, I think, Julia. Mo hasn't. um, Dee's only a junior, but she hasn't. Basically, none of the roster that we have right now has had a season sweep on Michigan, so that's also kind of been a little fun cue that they've been talking about a little bit, just, like, trying to get that off, especially for some of the, you know, like, Mo specifically, Julia, they're about to be, you know, this is going to be their final year. Tori, this is going to be all their final year, so it's going to be, I mean, I'd have to find that for you, but I'm not exactly sure but I, like I said I do know that they haven't swept them in at least four right. years 
I would I would say uh, this would definitely be the year to do it. I mean, Michigan uh, has been a little inconsistent their last five games. Yeah. Um, you know, they on the twenty fourth of January they beat Maryland in overtime. Then they lost to MSU, right. and then Illinois they lost at home, and then uh, they finally got back in the win column by uh, beating Penn State only by five, and then they lost to Nebraska at home. So, mm-hmm. um, I think I think this is definitely the year to actually. Sweet though. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. The the first game, if I can remember correctly, the first game against Michigan. I mean, like that that game ended up turning out insane because Michigan has, um, I believe, the number one defense in the um, Big Ten right now, mm-hmm. and Minnesota's right behind them, so they've like kind of been battle tested with those right. two games. But I mean, uh, Michigan State got out to, I mean, an early offensive flow, and it was really odd to see that, expecting that you know that you kind of expected them to come out a little slow. And not only that, their defense. I mean, I I, I think they're like a six or a seven rank in the defense right now. Michigan State is, but mm-hmm. it's been through the roof these past couple of games. If right. you look at that Michigan game, they shut them down in the first half. I mean, I think they only allowed less than double digit points in the second. Oh yeah, second I think quarter. they only had like seven points. Yeah, it was yeah, it was for sure under ten, and, and like I mean, like that was a huge showing for them. And Absolutely. Robin talked about. Like you know, her first time in that in that mm-hmm. rivalry, and how I mean, like she could, she knew. I mean, she's grew up around here, but right. I mean, the energy is completely different. And I, all of them believe that you know, you never want to like uh, get too big of a head about these things, especially with uh, something like an in rival um, competition. But right, they like 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 you said. I mean, it, it's really the year if it's ever been the year for them to try and get this over Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one stat sure. I actually wanted to point out too, um, and this is going to go back to the tournament run mm-hmm. that they could make. Um, they're shooting 36% from three this year. Yeah. Um, that is a recipe for tournament wins, yes. tournament uh, competitiveness right. right there. If you were that high, I mean, anything within 4% of 40% um, as a team is unreal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is unreal. Um, I think that is kind of a recipe for, like I said, winning a tournament game, making mm-hmm. a, a deeper run into the tournament. Um, and like we've seen with Iowa, too, I mean, we've – We've taken it to the wire with Iowa, yeah. um, and that's kind of their same their same strategy. Mm-hmm. So we see that it do, it does work, um, but we have to obviously match that in all facets of the game. Um, we have the rest of the other you know the remainder of the year, but um, yeah, I, I think that's really going to be important going on. Yeah, definitely. I get the start of the season. They were, I mean, their shooting was unbelievable. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like the numbers were like, I, it almost seemed like it, you couldn't trust their numbers the way they yeah. were looking yeah. at the beginning. And obviously things have cooled down a little bit, but I mean, like the, the consistency they've had from the three-point line has been pretty outstanding. It's, it was kind of a funny keynote that the worst three-point shooting night they've had was that night against Minnesota, hencing to the yeah. only being held to 50. I mean, they shot less than 18% from three and shot 32, less than 32% right. from three or from just from the field that game. So, uh, you, uh, just being able to make consistent shots and finding their shots is obviously a big part of their offense. Like I mean, like uh, like I said, Didi's been um, facilitating, but a lot of these girls have gotten really comfortable just with where they want to shoot mm-hmm. the ball at. So I mean, it, it's 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 definitely been a consistent part of their game so far, and they just had to keep to that. That's another thing Felix talked about, just keeping consistent. You know, and talking about like kind of dynamics how we were talking about you know the men's basketball team as far as like what we expected to where they mm-hmm. are now. It's another opposite thing. I mean, like, right. what you kind of expected for this team coming in, and Fraley talks about it all the time, I mean, you didn't know. Really, you, exactly. didn't, you couldn't really take any serious right. guesses because of what's what's gone on the last couple of years, what happened with Merchant in the car accident last year. So, like, you, you kind of, like, you got to do that math. New head coach, all these things, and they're just crushing it. So right. it's another one of those crazy dynamics, and it's just been so fun to be a part of, for sure. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about that Michigan-Michigan State rivalry, and now we've got a really big one coming <laughs> up this weekend that I've just been itching to talking about. Uh, we've got the Michigan State hockey team is taking on Michigan for the second time this season. Right. They, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, or no, it wasn't even at the beginning of the year, they split last month. Yeah. So we lost, it was devastating. We lost 7-1 to one at home against Michigan, and it was, it was, it was atrocious. Yeah, it was yeah. rough to watch. Um, and then night two went to Yost. We were down 4-1 in the second scored four unanswered goals right. ended up winning the game seven to five yeah. so we've got a big weekend coming up they play at yost on friday and then they play at little caesar's arena on saturday which is going to be a really good one and i was even talking before this like this is this is a really big weekend for them like this is going to help them especially like clinch the number one spot in the big 10 like so they can get ahead more of Wisconsin, and we've got a bye week coming up, so we we really need those six points. Um, but last year, we played at Mun for the second night or for the second series, and then we played 
in Detroit. So night one, I think we got swept that weekend. We lost to uh, Michigan night one because they had their guys back from the World Juniors, Mm -hmm. and one of those guys includes Adam Fantilli, who's a great, well-rounded player. Um, and then night two, Luke Hughes scored with 0.6 seconds left in overtime. So it was it was a heartbreaker. But now, like, seeing how far this team has come this year, it's like you split the first weekend, you're heading to Yoast, and then you just you want the revenge for what happened last year. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big one for them. Um, and obviously, like, last weekend against Notre Dame, Trey Augustine had his third shutout of the year. So yeah. that puts him in first place out of any Big Ten goalie. Behind him is Ryan Bischel from Notre Dame and Justin Close from Minnesota. And those are both grad students. Trey Augustine is a 19-year-old freshman who is <laughs> blowing everybody out of the water. And he's he's insane. Um, but last weekend, they played Notre Dame, had a split. So they lost night one four to one they were tied for most of the game and then their big talk this year is play your whole 60 minutes um and then in that third they kind of just lost it a little bit I think they had two goals on Trey so it went to three to one and then an empty netter Mm. so they won four one and then night two they just came out and flipped a switch I know um and we've seen that like the past three weekends and obviously they're they're scratching for a sweep they've split the last three weekends against minnesota Mm -hmm. michigan and notre dame and they were away at notre dame so even like getting those three points on the road is still a big deal yeah uh getting three points on the road during a series is a hard thing to do we did it in minnesota two months ago i think um but yeah it's it's gonna be a big one. Yeah, no, I'm actually like I like you know, um, you've kind of been there for me throughout the first couple of, like me getting into the hockey experience yeah. here, especially over at the state news, and I think that like I've really gotten tuned to them in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. just like learning about the different lines that we have and the way that yeah. we. I mean, like we like as far as rotations, we're gonna talk about men's basketball. Like we have a really good like set rotation for the way that uh-huh. our hockey team. Wants I love to play. it, and yeah. I've I've really gotten into this. And so one of the things that I kind of wanted to ask you, um, um, just looking at these last three weeks you know you talk about the Michigan series the Notre Dame series and the Minnesota oh, I'm sorry the last four weeks yeah, yeah Minnesota and then coming into this Michigan series um I I don't know if it's the the play the 60 minutes that you mentioned or but what is it that is about this team that makes them like still so resilient in some of these second matchups that they have I mean like you mentioned the Michigan series I mean how bad that was and then you oh, come yeah. back the next day you're at Yost and you're down one to four and you, you make a crazy comeback still what have you seen that's been like displayed from this team that just makes them so scratchy? I mean, I understand losing the first game makes you want to win the second game. Oh but yeah, it's got to be something more than that. It's Adam Nightingale. Okay, he is outstanding. Like you, you see a team from the former coach. I don't remember what his name is, but this is Nightingale's second year coaching. Yeah, he has led them to a. I think they're twelve four and two in the Big Ten right mm. now. Twelve wins is a new program high. Right. Their last time that. They won that many games. Last year they won 11, and that was – that's it. That's the most games that they've won in the Big Ten in a conference. Okay. Wow. But Adam Nightingale has just come in and just completely flipped the script. Like, yeah. he's got Jared DeMichael on staff, Brad Fast, Mike Towns. Like, he's got a really good group of guys that are backing him up. But Adam Nightingale is just – like, he's never – like, he always says frustration is a wasted emotion – like you cannot get down on yourself like Mm -hmm. that's always what i've noticed about him is he's never negative Mm -hmm. and he's always said like you can go in shut out a team three nothing and i'm gonna tell you that that probably wasn't the greatest game that we've had but at least you won we can go in and lose five to one and i'm gonna go into the locker room and be like you guys played a great game tough loss but a great game adam nightingale just always like keeps his head up like he has completely turned this program around and it's what they needed like they just they've they're scouting really good right now like obviously artem levshinov is a freshman he's a true freshman he was born in 05 like Mm. he's young he's supposed to go top five in the draft next year he's a defenseman he's I think he's just behind Seamus Casey from Michigan and leading the Big Ten in points as a defenseman yeah he's crazy and then you've got all these transfer guys so you've got Joey Larson from Northern Michigan who transferred and he's already beat his season high from last year at Northern you've got Red Savage who's a junior and he's he's awesome he's 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 done great 
You've got Reed Lebster as a transfer student. He won a national championship at uh, UMass Mm -hmm. with Jared DeMichael. So that was a big help, having DeMichael on staff now and bringing in Reed. You've got Nico Mueller, who came back for a fifth year. You've got Nash Neenhouse's uh, just an outstanding captain. And then, like, every single line on that team... There is no such thing as a third, fourth, second line. Like, yeah. they are all completely equal lines. It just depends on who they match up with the most. Right. So you've got – my favorite line on the team is Red Savage, Gavin O'Connell, and Joey Larson. Yeah. Their, their chemistry together is awesome. And on the sheet, it says they're on the third line. They're mm-hmm. not a third line. No. You could go anywhere else and they'd probably be a first line, but it's just how the roster is set up yeah. and how they've been placed. But it, I honestly, I will forever give credit to Adam Nightingale for what he's done for this program. Yeah, I think that my first occurrence or like my first little thing with Nightingale was amazing. Like, I mean, like he was, I mean, just the energy that he was giving off. After Absolutely. The, and this was, um, uh, this was after their series. Uh, who, who was the first series I covered? Do you remember that? It was Notre Dame. Yeah, that Notre Dame series. Mm-hmm. And when they won their, when they um, won their second match mm-hmm. of that series, I mean, he was just, I mean, his energy was through the roof. And I mean, like, like. Obviously, when I went into there, I was asking questions. I feel like maybe some of them weren't exactly worded the right way or, like, maybe set up. And he was, I mean, he worked with me. He was just mm-hmm. the whole time. He, he was an awesome guy as far as, like, media relations go. And then the other thing I kind of wanted to ask you about, I mean, obviously, uh, he's, he gets a standing ovation every time before the games. Trey Augustine, I mean, like, what have you, like, well, can you talk about him a little bit, man? I mean, like, the stuff that's going on with him this year, I mean, he... Like you said, 19 years old, and he's coming here, and he's just embraced all the love and support that this school has given him so far. So I think what helps him the most is he's a Michigan kid. He's from South Lyon. Yeah. So he's, like, embraced the fact that this is where he's from. He's a freshman. He's I think he's 19. Yeah. Starting goalie. Uh, he's had three shutouts this year. He was the goalie for the National Team Development Program, played at the World Juniors, helped mm-hmm. them to gold. He was drafted second round, 30, 41st overall pick by the Red Wings, mm-hmm. which his hometown. Yeah, that, I mean, how awesome is that? He's just, he sees the puck so well. Like, mm-hmm. he's always just on his feet. Like, he's always ready for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And obviously, every team has their off days. So, yeah, there's been times where you're like, how did he let in that goal? Yeah. It happens to the best of us. Like, it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. He's having an off day, and that's it happens but he just he has so much passion for the team he loves everybody on the team everybody adores him and it's just because he's he's great like he just he has been a really big part of the reason why this program has turned around like obviously you get nightingale you get all the guys from the transfer portal you've got 10 freshmen on the team and one of them's trey augustine and he's just been outstanding yeah i have another question for you as well too um we get to February, and it's not often that in February, um, especially around here, that we're talking a little bit more about hockey than we are about basketball, mm-hmm. um, at least in a positive light. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not super familiar with hockey. I'm not sure um, what our track record is, but, I, you know, I, after the last few years, I know that we're exceeding expectations in, in relation um, to recent performance. Can you speak to that, um, you know, Michigan being more of a basketball state, more of a football state before it goes to hockey? Um, you're a big hockey fan. I want to kind of hear what that means to you, what means to hockey fans, you know, on campus, you know, how that's kind of um, came about, you know, knowing that we right. have such a big basketball program. So in years past, obviously the state of Michigan is a hockey state. Like we've got hockey town. The Red Wings are mm-hmm. on their high right now. Like they're they're playing great. They're in the second wild card seed. Michigan has just blown everybody out of the water the past few years they were back-to-back big 10 champions for hockey they had a really really good group of draft guys they mm-hmm. had matt Beniers, owen power luke hughes thomas bordalo uh eric portillo was their goalie he was great mm-hmm. and obviously all of these guys leave mackie samuskevich included too like all of these guys are leaving the program they get a new coach. Things have changed. But on the other side of it, so has Michigan State. Like, mm-hmm. we had, I think, six guys leave last year, six or seven that were seniors that left last year. We've got a new goalie. We've got a new coach. But it just seems like things have completely just flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. Like, Michigan was this huge talked-about team, and now it's 
completely opposite in the state of Michigan. Like it's, it's all about Michigan State's hockey team. Mm-hmm. And obviously, yeah, we've been known for being a basketball school. We've got one of the best coaches. We've got a Hall of Fame coach for mm-hmm. basketball. He's great. Tom Izzo is, in my he opinion, one of the. State. He's yeah. Michigan State. Yeah. He's Embodies that guy. But you see what obviously the basketball team has been doing this season and you look and see what the hockey team has been doing this season people want to buy season tickets there's every single game that we've had at home has basically been a sellout crowd Mm -hmm. people want to go watch a team win and no offense to basketball but if you go to a hockey game there's probably a little bit higher probability chances that our hockey team is going to win over a basketball team but they've just yeah, I mean, we're known as a basketball school, but now everything you see on Twitter of people posting jokes is like, maybe we're a hockey school. Like, <laughs> they've just, they've been great. Yeah, I love and how that started out as a joke and, yeah, s- and slowly got just, more serious than this thing. Yeah, um, but no, it's just, like, it's it's nice to see a program come from what it wasn't to what it is now. Yeah. It's just great. Um but yeah, now we've got the Michigan series coming up, and that's gonna be a big fun. Yeah, Dueling D is always a crazy one. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, I'm excited. Have you been to one of them before? Have you been to? Them? I went last year, but okay. it was as a spectator, okay. so I was allowed to be in there like cheering, yeah. go green, and now it's it's gonna be different. But yeah. I'm excited mm-hmm. to like have the experience of sitting in the press box at Little Caesars Arena. Like, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It's cool. Um, okay, so I want to touch base a little bit on our tennis team. In yeah, all honesty, I mean, I, they oh just put a story my about gosh, that today. yeah. Yeah, you did do a story about it today. You want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, one, we can speak to the success of our tennis team, which, again, we kind of go back to the whole basketball school thing. Yeah. Um, Now we're talking about our tennis team, which is unbelievable. Um, A lot of schools don't get to do that. No, they don't. No, we don't really get to go back and forth. Um, So today, I did a story actually just today about Max Sheldon and Ozan Baris, I'm mm-hmm. Baris. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Um, I haven't, you know, been super familiar with that yet. Right. Um, ranked as the number one doubles pair in the country um, by the ITA. Um, that's the Intercollegiate Tennis Association. Mm-hmm. That's the the major ranking factor. So that's, I mean, essentially what you know the the NCAA is right. to, to football and right. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, they had amazing years last year. I was mm-hmm. looking into it. Um, Baris is now the sixth ranked singles player in the country on top of being uh, part of the pair that's number one in doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they went pretty far last year in the, um, in, you know, in the tournament, beat the number one ranked team as a doubles pair, Sheldon and Baris. So it's really cool to see that. Um, I've seen, I, I think we have four guys in the top 100 right now yeah. um, in singles. Um, I wasn't able to look at, you know, all the doubles pairs, but you know, that that's exciting. Um, Absolutely. You don't really get to, you don't really see that a lot. Um, you know, Bars being from Okemos is really cool too. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that story is awesome. Yeah. Okemos is you know is is a pretty good tennis school, but to have somebody come translate that to Michigan State and Absolutely. then become you know this big I mean almost I'm pretty much I would I would label him a superstar at Michigan State right now. Oh, I mean, oh junior yeah. World series uh, 100%. last year. I mean, he's unreal. Yeah, he I mean he was first team All Big Ten as a freshman. You know, he's an All American, academic All American, I believe as well. So yeah. I mean he kind of does it all. Same with Sheldon, but you know Bars is like I mean. That's big time, you know. Yeah. As a sophomore, to be at that high of a level right now, you know, we might see him coming out of coming out of Michigan State and you know performing at a world level sometime soon. I mean, he's already done it. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm saying he's done it already yeah. as a freshman, and that's just insane. I I only have a quick tidbit on the tennis team. I mean, like I haven't got to be super involved with them this year. I just yeah. had started this year, um, but I did do a lot of stuff with them at the end of last year. And I just want to say that like. I, before last year, I had nothing about tennis besides, you know, just, like, watching, like, mm-hmm. major tennis series and stuff like that. The competitiveness and the intensity that the guys crazy. have during Off these the matches oh, is man. crazy. It's Being so those insane. Games, it's like, it's it, like they're literally going to fight on the tennis <laughs> yeah. court right there. They just <laughs> translated like, hockey to tennis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they, I mean, like, it's like they are, kind of like, whoever's serving, they're going at it the whole time. And, you know, tennis courts, I mean, they're they're big, but they're not that yeah. big. So, I mean, you can hear everything. The spectator yep. scene isn't, like, crazy there besides after sets have been done. I mean, the way that, specifically, and, and like, uh, I watched a lot of uh, Max and uh, Barish's uh, matches last year, and I just mm-hmm. mean, like, 
specifically like a, a lot of Ozon last year. And I mean, just the way that he plays his matches, he, he completely tries to keep everything to his pace as much as you can in tennis. Mm-hmm. And, and he just plays to his strong suit so well. So like I mean, like like I said, it's only a quick tidbit, but I just wanted to say that like, like the way that they started off this year, six and zero, aren't they? I believe they are. I'm pretty sure they're, they're eight. Yeah, eight and zero now. Eight and zero. So I mean, that's the, insane. The start is crazy right. to this year, and mm-hmm. I mean like. Like you, like you said, I mean, we we don't get the opportunity to do things like this that often, so it's right. just been really yeah. fun and to see so far, and I definitely got to get more connected as we go. Oh, kinda, yeah, for sure. Kind of seeing, like, the final scores of the games, too. 6-1, to 7-0, 5-2, 5-2, 4-0, 5-2, 5-2, 5-2. They're blowing them out of the water. They're blowing out of the water. It's crazy. It, it's been insane. Um, yeah, I mean, and then their next game is uh, Friday against, against Clemson, yeah. and then mm-hmm. at Vanderbilt. Um, it's it's gonna be an amazing season, and it's it's really funny watching, uh, you know, the tennis team, mm-hmm. women's basketball, um, hockey. Mm-hmm. It's like all these teams, and then we have the football team, and then men's basketball. The two biggest sports on campus mm-hmm. aren't really doing. All they that aren't well. performing as well as we thought that they were. Yeah, and then too. now it's yeah. like all these other all these other sports. It's like we're doing. Insane. Yeah. Right. Eight no in tennis. Yeah. We're doing a. We're like first place in hockey. Mm-hmm. About to be first place in hockey at least, and then we're yeah, doing the amazing in women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's nuts. I don't have the statistics, oh, yeah. but I've heard the women's golf team has had an insane start to the year. Because too. Katie Lou. Yeah, it's yeah. Because of Katie Lou. I, I have a class with Katie. She's awesome. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. I have a during class with her, and she. But no, I mean, like they're like I've heard they've had the, a crazy start to the year, and unfortunately, the men's golf team on the other side of things has not had the greatest start <laughs> to the year. So we those dynamics. I mean, happening on campus this year is just oh crazy. yeah. I mean. It is. It's like you think that you come to a Big Ten school and you're like, yeah, basketball, basketball and football. football. Basketball, yeah. basketball and football. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. It's like, and then you go. No, let's watch. Well, you got to go to women's basketball. basketball. Yeah. Baseball. baseball last yeah. year was 33 and 22. I'm doing a preview on them for this year. Yeah. Um, and I mean, uh, I, I'm going to have to, you know, kind of do a little bit more research to see what the expectations are going to be. I'm going to talk to, you know, Coach Boss and everything like that. But. Uh, 33 and 22 last year. Um, that's the highest win total they've had since 2016, I believe. So I mean, oh, wow, you have wow. a lot of you have a lot of different sports that are not really known for. I mean, the Big Ten's not really known for baseball anyway. Yeah. Um, and then you know you lose Mitch Jeb, you lose Brock Vandenberg, you know you lose some pretty big guys. Oh yeah. In the dra- MLB yeah. draft. I mean, you can't do much about that, but. Oh my gosh! All of our other sports. I mean, yeah. You don't want to call them other sports anymore. You know, you want to. Yeah, you, know, you, yeah. you want to call them the big sports of the school. They are the big sports of the school. We talk about gymnastics. Oh my gosh, that's what I was going to talk about. So many different things. Gymnastics against Michigan was just. Oh my gosh, yeah. they're amazing this yeah, year. Dude, like they have been great. We've been having some runs. I, I like because like, I remember the end of gymnastics last year. I mean, how off the how over the top everything was because didn't they take that was a Big Ten championship? Didn't they win last year? If I, if I remember correctly, it was gymnastics. last year or the year before. I know it was I fairly so. recent. Was it the year I, before? I think it was last. year. Yeah, I, I want to say that it was. I last thought year. it was last year. Too. I think so too. Just because I remember the excitement around that. So like I mean, yeah. like, I, I don't know how deep you guys want to get into that, but I mean, just adding on to the fact that. We have all these other sports now turning into right, prime quote, time unquote, sports. Other quote unquote other sports. Yeah, quote Absolutely. unquote. You got to make sure you throw that on there because I mean, seriously, I mean, it's been outstanding. Exactly. And I, I think it's fun too. Like, don't get me wrong. The, there's nothing that beats a great football game, a great right. basketball mm-hmm. game. But I mean, hockey's getting up there now as mm-hmm. far as how fun those games are. Yeah. Going, just seeing more and more people coming to these games. Like women's basketball is starting to get more and more fandom around it. Like, yeah. I mean, like it's a basketball game and it can be just as fun, you know. And mm-hmm. now we're starting to see more people come. And it's just the the experiences that Michigan State sports fans can have trying to get into some other games. I think can be awesome right now. It's awesome, yeah. you know. As a baseball fan, growing up playing baseball and everything like that too, it was really cool to see last year. Um, you know, all these sports. But uh, for me, as a baseball fan, it was really cool. Um, to see a successful Michigan State baseball team because yeah. you don't see that very often. You don't see a lot of success in the Big Ten anyway. Michigan right. has been pretty successful as of late. You know, yeah. schools like that. Um, so I think that's really exciting. You know, we're rolling into spring sports and we have yeah. something to look forward to with oh, spring yeah. sports as you know the winter ends. Um, you know, with the weather lately, we we could maybe say it's spring, but I don't know. That might be too premature. Yeah, I mean, next uh, tomorrow it'll be six <laughs> inches. Mm-hmm. You know, probably, but yeah, I I think that's so. <laughs> I think that's so cool, and you know, 
really, really interesting. You know, baseball's coming up on yeah. February sixteenth right. is their first game. Wow, um, and Ooh, I kind of want to. I want to throw a shout out to that because you know keep it keep Absolutely. looking out for that. And softball's coming up really soon as well, same season. Um, we're gonna be away for a while, I believe, in baseball. Okay. Though you know, where it's too cold yeah. up here to play baseball. Yeah, um, then we bring yeah. it back around right towards the end of the season. They have a lot more home. Yeah, games. Um, they have a going, lot going, of going towards mid uh, mid March, I believe March twenty third is at the first home game, if okay. I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to get out there and watch the baseball oh, yeah. the, this yeah, year after right. spring sports start. But yeah, um, just want to throw a shout out to that because you know I'm a I'm a baseball guy through and through. Um, and I can't talk about the Tigers right now. So. I will say that I, um, you know, I played baseball for a long time, and I, I, I feel that TV does the sport no justice. But I oh, watched yeah. a lot yeah. of the baseball games that we had last mm-hmm. year just for working it with Big Ten, mm-hmm. and I, I think there's going to be a lot to see, especially what's going to happen because you mentioned last year. I mean. Watching Brock Vredenberg was just, I mean, yeah, he was six, insane. Seven, two, that guy, 30, yes, yeah, seven, yeah. I mean, the the bombs that he would hit over over there, <laughs> and, dude, I mean, like, they were, at second, they were crazy. He was, so, I, you know, obviously he, he got drafted, and so, you know, like, you have to take a step forward as far as what the team's going to do with that. Mm-hmm. But Jake Boss, he's an awesome coach. I mean, he's a he's a great guy. Most I, successful in baseball history. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, I mean and, and he, that's, that's saying a lot because we haven't, you know, yeah. had a lot of success in baseball overall. Right. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I'm definitely excited to see what's going to come from that and I do enjoy it. just the, the fact that you mentioned spring sports about to get ready to go get full kick it's just, oh, yeah. I'm excited man I'm, I'm so excited. excited sit down and watch the baseball game everybody go do it if you haven't done it yeah. you know it's it's honestly with the way they're selling them. alcohol at these games now they probably integrate the bass <laughs> yeah. with the baseball team in that time yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 have a brew at the side of a baseball diamond I'm with that I'm totally with that um, well, if we're shouting out the baseball team, I just want to give a quick shout out because today is National Women and Girls in awesome. Sports yep. Day. Awesome. So yes, just give a little absolutely. round of applause absolutely. to all the women in sports, whether it be like journalists or communications mm-hmm. or any of the business side or yeah. the athletes. Like, no, it's definitely been awesome to see the growth um, and obviously seeing more and more women in sports broadcasting because yeah. I think you guys are able to add so much more of a dynamic that just like that as a whole brings journalism up to a whole new degree. So it's been so many. I mean, I love working with you guys. I mean, I've had so many. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, you, yeah. guys, you guys are so Aww. awesome. And I mean, like, as far as just like when it comes down to the chemistry that I'm able to make with a guy, a female, it does not matter. It's, uh, as exactly. Long as I think the one thing that we've been able to have up here at Michigan State is that Sport, whether it's sports writing, environmental writing, you guys share a common. We, we share. A we all share a common goal. It's been so fun to work with. So, I, yeah. uh, uh, so shout out to all the women in sports. Shout guys. out to all awesome. the women awesome in sports. Program, <laughs> huge yeah. shout out to um, I want to say on the women ba- women's basketball front too. Huge shout out to Caitlin Clark. Um, bringing a lot of absolutely. attention to women's yeah, basketball as a whole. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of gets people drawn into women's basketball at Michigan State too. I mean, yeah. aside from having a really good team right now. Um, I mean, who doesn't want to go watch Caitlin Clark right now? Yeah. So I think Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese has been absolutely. Great too. I think yeah. that's brought so much attention to the sport. Angel Reese, I mean, amazing player. Caitlin Clark, a phenomenal player. Um, and I can't think of her name off the top of my head right now, but there is a girl that she goes to. I think it's USC. I think her name's Juju Watkins. I Juju believe, Watkins. Yeah. She's, yeah, yeah, she's she is nuts. unreal. I mean, <laughs> shout like, out. I can throw shout outs everywhere, but I mean, there she, is a new crop of basketball players. She's the best freshman women's basketball player in the country. No doubt. Yeah. Um, she's gonna she's gonna be the next superstar. Yeah, next, dude, next year when she's a yeah. sophomore. That leaves like, so much to behold as far as what we can see as far as the future of the WNBA and what happens there. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Which right now, it's college basketball is kind of yeah. like where everyone's right. at right now, like women's college basketball. Mm-hmm. But obviously, they're going to have to make transitions at some point. And I think mm-hmm. that that can totally change what, we see, what we've seen so far from the WNBA. There's no yep. doubt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Juju dropped 50 points on uh, Stanford. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I think Stanford's, like, I think they're – Number five or number six in the country, yeah. just to drop and yeah, just, unreal. I just keep getting back. She's just a freshman. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like just it's crazy. Just unheard, like mm-hmm. I, I, she's just, leaves, it just leaves me open, <laughs> leaving me speechless out here. They're open. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do we want to jump to the NFL real quick? Oh yeah, so we we've got a down. it's I mean, Super Bowl down. weekend. Sore subject for Lions. Yeah, fans, it's maybe, a little bit of a sore yeah. subject, I but I mean, I guess I can talk it. about it. <laughs> I haven't had enough time to process it. I, don't I still know don't want to talk will, about it. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> never. Who do you guys have winning? So I mean, if we're just going outright with this, uh, dude, I'm a big Chiefs guy in this matchup, dude. I am. Um, 
it's it's a little bit of the fandom of Patrick Mahomes and what he's been able yeah. to do as far as like making his mark Jeez. in the NFL. Um, you know, regardless of I, I know we can just you know we can get out of the way right now the somewhat uh, um, fatigue of seeing the Chiefs you know getting to the final. Yeah. I yeah. don't yeah. got it. I'm gonna be. It's honest. like Patriots fatigue, but I, I like it. A little it's bit different this time, though because so. of the organizations the way that they're represented. But yeah. I mean, just like I mean, the so far I think that like. The reason that I'm so like into thinking the Chiefs can really take this home and this can be like an outstanding year for them, if you really like downplay it, a couple weeks ago I feel like everybody was down on the Chiefs. Like everybody oh, 100%. was like, they're, like catch this the whole year. They this, catch. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean everybody was like they're done this year. Like this is going to be one of the years mm-hmm. they're, they're out of it. No, I don't think anybody was like completely eliminating them. But if, if anybody, was, if there was any time to be doubtful about the Chiefs, it was then. Mm-hmm. But we are now here at the Super Bowl once <laughs> again. Was, Patrick Mahomes has had probably, I mean, it's statistically the worst offense he's ever been a part of. Yeah. And they're in the Super Bowl, okay? So you have to give a a lot of credit to the defense. The defense has been amazing. And then if you kind of look, and this is where I kind of start to lean of why they're a little bit better than the 49ers and this chance of the 49ers defense has been atrocious the last couple of weeks. It has not been great at all. Mm -hmm, So. Um, I don't know. Like I like I think over the last couple of weeks, I've really started to realize that like obviously the the roster of the 49ers is impeccable. I mean that should like I I didn't realize that. In the That's last what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. I mean the roster is impeccable. So I mean really, I mean I'm really holding this down to like a defenseless championships for the Kansas City type mm-hmm. game. They're gonna have to hold them off for a while, and if they can. Uh, I, Brock Purdy, he's obviously shown that he's more than a game manager, but if they're, mm-hmm. they're going to have to make him the reason that he's that, that, that the 49ers would win the Super Bowl. They have to yeah. make him Mr. Relevant. They do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they have to make him the most relevant person <laughs> of this entire game. Of his, As far as Mr. Relevant go, Mr. Relevant goes, this is going to be the most relevant moment yeah. of Brock Purdy's life. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, I, I'm going to go opposite. I okay. think that like obviously it hurts that the 49ers beat the Lions, mm-hmm. but yeah. I feel like if I don't see the 49ers beat the Chiefs, mm-hmm then I'm just going to be upset about it. Because <laughs> it's like yeah, we were right there. Part. Like yeah. we almost had the Lions. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at the 49ers roster, like obviously their defense has been struggling yeah. a little bit, but who knows what could happen. They've got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brock Purdy. Like those are weapons right there. Yeah. They're <laughs> great the players. Yeah. They're insane. So what does that add up to against guys like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco? Uh-huh. Like, what is, what's the comparison there? I just think that, like, uh, um, well, I mean, now you kind of tend to experience, you know, as far as mm-hmm. when you start talking. Like, I mean, like, don't right. get me wrong. I mean, this is Brock Purdy. I mean, this is crazy to say that he's in the Super Bowl in his second year. Oh, absolutely. And he year. was, like... Picked in the seventh was, round, like he was one of the, the last, last quarterbacks. He was, to go. Last pick. He was dead yeah. last. Yeah, so I he mean, like, and then that same year they drafted uh, Trey, Trey Lance, yeah, to to be their guy. They had yep. they had nobody had any expectations for Brock Purdy whatsoever, and yeah. then he became their guy. Yeah, no, yeah, and I, you know, that's that's an awesome story. I do, Absolutely, I, I do think it's right. an awesome story and everything. But I'm telling you, it's gotta, end. it's, <laughs> it's, it's gotta end here. It's just, it's I, go I'm, ahead, Luke. I'm going. I'm going Chiefs. Chiefs. Um, no. Yes. I, I mean, which other team? So, unfortunately for everybody in here, I'm an Eagles fan. Oh, boy. Um, E-A-G-L-E-S. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whichever team wins, I lose. Yeah. <laughs> like, Imagine the, how Lions fans feel. I, I don't care. You know, you don't I don't care. care. <laughs> I don't care. I'm sorry. Okay, never mind. We, we, were, we were in the Super Bowl last year and yeah. lost to the Chiefs, and then we had like this little ride when we with the 49ers, yeah. especially with Debo Samuel, because he just won't stop talking. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. just talking trash. But, I mean, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there's conversations about him being the greatest football player to ever live. Yeah. I mean, and I'm... I'm starting to be like, I can I can put him up there. Patrick Mahomes There's, is yeah. the greatest quarterback yeah, I've ever just, seen with my own eyes. Absolutely, yeah, he's great. He's the greatest talent at quarterback we've ever seen in our lives. Better yeah. than Aaron Rodgers, better than Tom Brady, better than Dan Marino. Yeah, like it. What can't he do? It is all yeah. of the accolades at this point. That is the only thing <laughs> yeah, separating him from literally being right called. The and he's goal. only in like a, what his seventh year. Yeah. And he's accomplished yeah. this much. He's already had a Hall of Fame career, 
in his first five years. Mm-hmm. He's well, in his yeah, seventh well, year, and he's about to go for Super Bowl ring number three. three. And let's yes. point out to that seventh year, and he uh, he sat out a year behind Alex Smith, yeah. too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he's really his sixth year I yeah, mean, as a starter. As a right. starter. So, yeah, I, I have the Chiefs for sure, um, and I think – there's a couple reasons why the Chiefs defense, shout out to Steve Spagnuolo, he's been awesome this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a total transformation. We've been harping on the Chiefs defense for years, um, and that's changed, and it's really not changed with a lot of personnel changes. Just, I right. mean, they've gotten a lot better. They've progressed, you know, um, you know, good corners now, which has been a problem before. Yeah. Um, their linebackers are really good. I mean, Willie Gay, Drew Tranquil, um, you know, you have some really good guys out there. I think... The Lions did something really good for the Chiefs, and I think you're going to kind of hate this. Um, they gave a little bit of a game plan on how to score on the 49ers, and I know that it didn't really come to fruition in the second half very often, but um, statistically, I think the, the 49ers were the 31st-ranked defense when it came to defending the outside run, um, mm-hmm. just going outside the tackles. Um, I, I, I do want to say that there's a very good running back that the Chiefs have um, that has a lot of speed that get outside of the tackles. You know, not quite as much as Jameer Gibbs, but Isaiah Pacheco is really he's he's the, he's that guy to get outside of the tackles. So he's that I think, bell cow type of guy. Yeah, like yeah. He, every time he runs, it just looks like he's about running to run so hard. I think he can run through the tackles so too. Yeah, I think I heard some arbitrary comparison on Twitter this week that he's like some off-brand version of like a Marshawn Lynch. And I was like, that's crazy, but I kind of yeah. understand what they're trying yeah, to say. I get it. Like, a I get bit. what they're trying to say. Like, it's just a beast. I think Pacheco really showed. I mean, in that Ravens game, I mean, like the, the uh, he was I don't took know, it over. I don't want. I don't know exactly yeah. how you like break it down into percentage of the, what he did for that offense. But I mean, the Chiefs has obviously struggled as a passing offense. Um, they they they've yeah. been doing good on their on these. It's it's strange to see that all their first drives in these and since the playoffs have started have all been passing touchdowns and they they throw the ball down the field. But after that, they they I mean they really start giving it to Pacheco and treat him like a real bell cow back. So that's yep. been a crazy I think transition that's to see. Really, what's changed their offense, and I think that's going to help them the most in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl is the fact that they are going to be multi-dimensional in their offense now um you know chiefs the years past they've relied on their passing offense heavily mm-hmm. um they relied on having pretty good receivers and then you also have travis kelsey um arguably who can the, do it all yeah arguably yeah. the greatest tight end of all time you know I, I think somebody actually threw that out there today i don't know if i'll agree with it yet um but i may it's agree right there i'll agree it's... with the patrick mahomes uh, most talented player of all time mm-hmm. and i think at the end of the day um you know we, I, we made of all, I don't know if you guys didn't like Tom Brady. I wasn't a big Tom Brady guy myself because he won all the time. Um, <laughs> and But you knew at the end of the day they had Tom Brady on the other side. Right, so yeah. that really puts you at a disadvantage. And then when Patrick Mahomes is on the other side, you're at a severe disadvantage. Yep. So um, the 49ers pass rush is really good. Um, but you see Chase Young, he takes plays off every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa was kind of non-existent against good tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's not to say that they're not really good players, but, you know, they weren't really as impactful as they should have been yeah. against the Lions, and that's right. if the Chiefs can neutralize people like that, they're going to have a really, really um, good time. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout per yeah. se. I think it's going to be a close game throughout. Um, but I think the 49ers, they might be riding on a high horse right now after the mm-hmm. game that they just had. You know, they. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I honestly couldn't tell you how many unanswered points that was. Now um, that too I, many, I, I've kind of put <laughs> that out of my memory at this point. Um, but a few too many. But, um, I mean, that showed that they can do it, but also I think the Chiefs are going to take a little bit of that confidence down in the first couple of quarters. You might see by the first half they're like, oh, wow, Uh, the Chiefs are running the ball on us and the game's 10-0, and we might have a little bit of a problem here. Yeah, I don't know if I exactly think uh, that it would be a blowout either. I kind of think that this is the way the game's going to play out, like my real base is behind the pick. I think that... The Chiefs defense, I hope, uh, like I'm kind of thinking that they're going to have an outstanding performance, mm-hmm. and that Patrick Mahomes is just going to do what it takes to win the game. I don't, I don't think this is going to be like any Super Bowl or seasons past where like it's going to be all him. I think this is kind of like one of those Super Bowls that Brady won, where it was just like mm-hmm. he he yeah. basically game managed the game and let his defense take care of it. Obviously, having a Bill Belichick defense, this is the first time that Mahomes has done that, and I'm perfectly fine with the way it's played out. I mean, like obviously, there's only so many things you can do. Your wide receivers are, I mean, you're dependent on your wide receivers catching the ball if you're making right. good passes. You know, like that's not always the same case. Like, you got to be a good quarterback, but when you know he's making the passes that need to be made, it's there's only so much he can do in these situations. So, I think that it's just going to be the defense is going to be like kind of like, uh, like wearing the storm on this one as far as like just holding the offense down or holding mm-hmm. the 49er offense down. And Patrick Mahomes would do just enough to get this game done. 
I think he'll make the right throws, but it's uh, it's up to the receivers, right? I mean, yeah, we've seen yeah. That. yeah. yeah. And they, they've been doing great in the playoffs so far. Like they've had, uh, I don't Thankfully, know, I don't know yeah. what they said to them or what they did, but they've been doing a lot better in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, and I think that comes crucial. You know, um, 49ers secondary is good, but it was a little bit suspect last. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they played the Lions, yeah. um, and that comes from us having a really good passing offense in general. Yeah. Um, but you see, um, they have Traverius Ward out there. He's, yeah. you know, he's the number one cornerback for them. You know, he's a lockdown guy. Right. Um, and you have Rashi Rice, who's really the number one wide receiver for the Chiefs. That's an interesting matchup that yeah. I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to see who's going to separate themselves. Um, if that is not going well for Rashi Rice, yeah. um, or if they can move him around the field, obviously Andy Reid's going to motion people all over the field. Right. So there's nobody going to mm-hmm. nobody's going to be on somebody all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Valdez Scantling is going to have to step up big time. Yeah. And Travis Kelsey, we He's know, is going to step up big time. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's going to be an interesting matchup with him and their linebackers. Yeah. You know, Greenlaw and Fred yeah. Ward. That's yeah. uh, Fred Warner, sorry. Um, that's a really, really intriguing matchup. But I think at the end of the day, Kelsey mm-hmm. kind of takes the cake there. Mm-hmm. How yeah. much uh, do you guys want to bet that the camera pans at Taylor Swift over 100 mm-hmm. times during the Super Bowl? Oh, oh. we just lost a poster. <laughs> Look, you're talking about voodoo things over here. And, that, and the universe is oh, not happy. No. no, but I mean, I don't know. I, uh, uh, did the, like, the Taylor did Swift conspiracy that the NFL is trying to break games. Yeah. I think dude. that one is so far-fetched. It's, <laughs> it's dude, it's, it's, it's so ridiculous, yeah. man. It's, she drew, she drew us a lot of money to the NFL, yeah, but that's the, but end, that's the that, end of it. Like, the NFL isn't an they, entertainment business at the end of the day yeah. as far as, like, trying to yeah. make yeah. money off of things like that. And, and then as far as her being shown on TV... Man, you can blame NBC for that, or you yeah. can go blame yeah, whoever like, that. They're fine, dude. Like, like, just to play off one of these things, and I, I understand, and I'm, I'm a huge Lions fan myself. I think I just had a little bit more objectivity when seeing this. Thing. I think that, obviously, after the things happened with the Lions in the 49ers game, everybody was a little bit bitter around here, saying that they don't want to see either of these teams in the, in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> I was one see. of them. Look, I get it. <laughs> I, I, I totally get it. But I just have to remind you, man, that, like, this stuff, not not even just you, but the people that were talking about, like, you know, the Chiefs, right. they're all over the media, this Taylor Swift discussed. Dude, you guys are mad yeah. at somebody, a human being, two human beings the, for a relationship that they're having, and yes. then connecting that to the success and rigged games for a football team is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, and when you pair the greatest tight end of all time with the most popular singer in the world or one yeah. of there's the gonna be some haters there's gonna be yeah. attention there and, and it's not her fault no it's not her it's not her fault like people enough. are blaming her for how much she's being shown on TV and how she's a huge Chiefs fan it's like well one she's dating the tight end and it's mm-hmm. she's watching him play football yeah. like it's not a big deal yeah, just ignore not, it not yeah, sit at home and root for him when she could be there for yeah. him. Like, it right. doesn't matter for any of the If you TV, got the money to do yeah. it, then do it. Yeah. Don't see him play. Like yeah. I will say, she is an Eagles fan, and it is a little bit of a... <laughs> 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 See, that's why you brought it up. It's sort of something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, why? Come on. It's like, come on. But, I, yeah, it's just random people just looking for something to hate on it. Yeah, I yeah. Think so. I just, agree. Yeah. Just grow up. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it truly is sad because we have to, we are, like, literally putting all these hypotheticals into someone's life and relationship at the yeah. end of the day. And it's, 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 it's kind of disgusting. It is know? disgusting. Just, just leave it alone. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't, it, it doesn't concern you. Yeah, yeah. If truly. it doesn't concern you, then just ignore and it. And I don't think that's, like, True sports fans that are really getting into those debates. I no. kind of think. Oh yeah. Not like just Fairweather. Not yes. Twitter fingers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Because I think true sports fans are like, dude, I, I couldn't care less about what's going on with no. the situation. Right. I'm happy. I'm happy for Kelsey. If you're a fan, I don't care. If you're not a fan, and you move on from it. Yeah. Right. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, just. Yeah, and we all. Work He's in, living his life. We're living ours. Just yeah. let yeah. him do it. Yeah. It's not we a all big work deal. in media here, and I think at the end of the day, we know too. I mean, we can hate on the people that are running the broadcast, but. I mean, it's their job. They're so, making yeah. the money. Yeah, no, they're yeah, making right, the NFL right. money. Even if you were the people them. writing about it, like right. it's their yeah. job. Right. You, you can't get mad at the ratings when you figure out all these people didn't tune yeah. in. Whether you literally watched to see Taylor on screen once, whether you watched it to see it and rant about it, mm-hmm. you still watched it and You're they made still their money. It on. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So I don't know, dude. That 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 whole I, I'm I'm so done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am too. I'm done with that story. <laughs>
I'm just I'm I'm a little sick of hearing about it yeah. anymore. Just 100%. Like, just it, leave it alone. It's a shame that it's if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and oh it, 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 that's all you're going to hear about. Oh, I know. Oh, okay. next to it, yeah. They're going to it's some big picture. Taylor's going to go down to the field and take a picture with Kelsey, and they, just, they're going to get bashed on Just turn off every single social media if the Chiefs yep. win. It's <laughs> just like you just don't want to look at it. Yeah, yep. because if you don't want to watch that bashing all over yeah. the air the next day, I'm... Right. <laughs> I do want to give one final shout-out to Kirk Cousins because he was at the Kirk football game last or Kirk-io. not the football he was at the Michigan State Minnesota basketball game last yeah. night it was so cool like yeah, seeing his pictures awesome. on yes, our yes, Instagram yeah. like that's awesome Big like Kirk-io. he's Big he's Kirk-io. a Spartan yeah. for life yes, he he'll is. just he's he supports from anywhere he's Spartan at dog. it's awesome yeah, yeah. I, I'll always love Kirk for that for sure yeah. 100% I thought that was awesome you watched I was gonna say because you and I were talking recently about the uh, quarterback yeah the show he yeah. was in that wasn't he yeah they um, um you know like I feel like like they made Kirk look like such a dad in that documentary, but it was still somehow like yeah. so interesting. To, right, like, hit me in the feels, man. I'm like, man, Kirk's just a regular guy, man. <laughs> like Kirk, I, like they literally made it seem like like in that documentary, like any of those quarterbacks you could see, maybe besides Marcus, uh, you could see them out in public and be like, oh my god. But then if you've seen Kirk in public, yeah, you'd be it's like. like- Who's dad is Who here, is bro? That? Who's dad is that here, bro? What is he wearing? <laughs> yeah, that's what they were talking about. Like, when his wife was talking about picking out his clothes, yeah, I was like, yeah, why would they put that, that on here, man? That but, poor yeah. guy. I love Kirk, man. Kirk's always going to be a legend. That's awesome. For sure. He, he has a special spot, and... East Lansing for yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 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 As, do, as do many other quarterbacks, but Kirk Cousins. He, Kirk Cousins you know. is it. He's that guy. Yeah, he's that, that guy. Kirk chains, man. He is that guy. All right, you guys. I think that's... You guys have anything else you want to talk about? We could sit here for know. hours and talk about everything. We probably could. Yeah, we <laughs> could. <laughs> probably could. Too early for football, so we can't really get into Yeah, no more yeah. football except for the Super Bowl. What's, <laughs> a, what's the spring game coming out? For uh, April 20th. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm not too far away. away. Yeah. It's gonna, We're almost it's there. It's going to be an exciting time with the new uh, head coach. Yeah, I'm excited. Been. That's going to be awesome. fun. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah. He's been showing yeah. his face all over mm-hmm. campus. He's been great. He's he's been he has. So just seeing, like, how involved yeah. he wants to be with everything. Like, yeah. he's just so supportive, and it it shows. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's Definitely. awesome to see. The players I, talk very highly of Jonathan Smith. I was, I, I've, I've talked to a few, and they, they love Jonathan Smith. I was going to say, it was, it was a little surprising, uh, you know, when uh, seeing how many guys uh, return from the transfer portal mm-hmm. or just – uh, you know, just returning back to the team. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought that was that was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, For you sure. Know, I think Jonathan Smith. I think he can be the guy. Oh, yeah. I think it. I think. I it's, hope he can be. I yeah. think it's some Jonathan Smith. I think. I mean, this is gonna go down a wormhole, but I think a little bit of nil money too. Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that might help. But, I mean, yeah. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, <laughs> so I won't get too far into Michigan State football. I do support. You know, I grew up around here, but. Yeah, we'll leave it at that one. Okay, sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, this is today's episode of the Roundtable. I'm glad that we all could make it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm Maddie Warden. I'm Jaden Hewitt. I'm Deshaun. I'm Luke Joseph. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>